Hi, everybody. My name is Joan, and I am a compulsive overeater. Really honored to be here with you today and hear some experience, strength, and hope. Um, I'm just going to request if you're comfortable, I would love it if you can turn your video on because then it makes me feel more like I'm actually with my fellows in the room. <coughs> um, just if that works for you. So I've been a compulsive overeater all my life. Um, yeah, pretty much since day one. I have to say one of my earliest memories as a child, I must have been about four, um, is of stealing a piece of candy from a store. I mean, how crazy do you have to be to do that? But I remember distinctly, I was in the store with my mom and my little baby brother, and he saw me steal the candy and he started to cry, but he couldn't explain why he was crying. And my mom scolded him. So she's angry. He's crying. I'm feeling really upset. I go home and hide in my closet in my room and I eat the piece of candy that I stole. And it didn't even taste good. But for me, that's just a little capsule version of my coping strategies of my whole life until I got to OA. <laughs> um, oh, and just to qualify, I came in in 2003. I date my current imperfect abstinence from 2005. And I've released about, about 30 pounds of weight off of my body and about 3,000 pounds of garbage from my head. Um, the house that I grew up in was tense. It felt tense to me. Um, my dad was a very fearful and angry person. And he would have big temper tantrums. And we kids would get spanked. Sometimes my mom used to just creep around and walk on eggshells to try not to make him angry. And then when he did get angry, everybody would scurry around and try to hide and try to minimize the damage. And then afterwards, everyone pretended that nothing had happened. And I got to say, as a young, sensitive person, that made me pretty insane. I was like, how can everybody not acknowledge this huge storm that just blew through? And I thought, well, if I feel like there's something wrong, but no one else is saying that there's anything wrong. I must be the one that has something wrong with me and it must be my fault. So I grew up with this very deep sense that I was basically flawed, that I was, I was not the same as everybody else and I was not good enough. And one of the very few things that I could do was to eat food or sneak food, try to take food back to my room. And then also at the same time, I was being told messages like, you have to eat everything on your plate. Now, I was not the one who put the food on the plate. My mom did that. But somehow it became my problem to eat everything on the plate. And if I didn't do it, oh, well, that meant I was uh, bad and ungrateful and wasteful and not a good member of the family. You know, so there again, my, my self-worth was dependent upon how I ate. And I also was not allowed to listen to my own tastes and to say, well, I don't want that. I remember one time my mom served something for lunch and I really, really didn't like it. And they said, well, you're going to sit here at this table until you finish it. And everybody else got up and left and went off and did their own things. And I'm sitting here facing this piece of food that I really don't want to eat. So finally I thought, oh, I have a way out of this. And I got up and I took it and I dropped it in the trash can in the kitchen. And my mom was like, okay, good. Yay, Joan, you finished your food. And then later on, she found it in the trash can in the kitchen. And then I was punished for lying. So I felt like I couldn't win. And what that taught me was 
I shouldn't listen to myself. I shouldn't listen to my needs or my preferences because those don't count. So I don't know if anybody else can relate to this, but for me, that, that really put me also on a pretty codependent path, which was I need other people's approval to be okay. I can't depend on my own sense of what's okay because I'm being told that it's flawed. Uh, don't trust what I think, trust what everyone else thinks. And my mom, bless her heart, she is a good person. And today we have a great relationship, but it was a tough thing because she was very active in our uh, religious community and in the school community. And she would run for office and she would run events and she would do fundraisers and she was always trying to be friends with everybody. And the message I got from her was, everyone has to like you for you to be okay. And if anyone doesn't like you, oh, well, you're a bad person. Um, and so I always would put lots of energy into trying to get people to like me. And so as I grew up in school and in high school, I wanted everybody to like me. And at the same time, I would eat more than I needed to eat because I was kind of compulsive about it. And I went through phases where I was hiding food and eating too much, or I was pretending to eat things and then not eating them, like packing my lunch to take to school, but then not eating it because I wanted to lose weight. I was in high school and I wanted to be skinnier and that would make me prettier and more attractive. So I was just going like this, you know, all the time. I was never kind of in a center that felt like me, that felt like home and like a safe place to be. And when I went away to school, then I would like want to bond with people over food. Like, let's get lots of junk food. Let's all sit on the floor together and eat it. And then I'll get to know you better and I'll feel safer with you. Um, so I, you know, graduated from college and got married, got a job and um, then had kids. And oh my gosh, I was a little handicapped when it came to raising kids because I expected everything to be just as perfect as I thought my mom had done it when she was raising kids. And Gosh darn it, people weren't perfect. And gosh darn it, the whole world didn't obey the way I thought it should run. And so sometimes I would yell at my kids and other times I would just go eat about it. And anytime anything stressful came up, I would just go eat about it. And I really did not know any other way to live. And I have one memory that makes me sad. I remember when our three kids were still little and I would, they would do something wrong and I would get angry with them. I would yell. My husband, I remember him asking one time, like, you have to get angry. And I was like, well, of course, because that's how I was raised. It was kind of like part of the punishment when you do something wrong is you have to suffer anger and displeasure from the people in charge. And he said, do, do you think you could maybe just be calm but firm? <laughs> I had no comprehension of what he meant. But um, now I that yes, in fact, that probably would have been a lot better. So I'll fast forward to 2003 when some very stressful stuff had just happened in my life. And my marriage had been on the rocks. We changed our faith community. It was very, very stressful. And during the time of the stress, I had lost a bunch of weight. And as we started to get back to normal, I was starting to gain it back again. And I watched the scale go up and there was nothing I could do about it. And I was terrified. I, I just felt like I'm going back down into hell here. I've been in hell before and I don't want to go back there again. I don't know what to do. So I came to OA and I heard people who sounded like me, people who did just the same crazy things that I did with food. 
And these people were smiling and they were laughing and they had some kind of peace or freedom or something that I wanted. And I said, okay, tell me what to do. And they said, work the 12 steps. And I just threw myself into it because I was like, I am desperate. I, I never want to live again like I've been living for 40 years. I really need to get out of here. Please help me. And oh my gosh, you guys, you really did. <laughs> you really showed up for me. And the sponsor who took me through the steps and I shared at meeting level and I probably shared way too much at meeting level, but people were just so patient with me. And I remember this one woman who was very motherly just coming up to me and just giving me a hug. And she was like, oh, honey, we get it. Doesn't have to hurt like this again. And that really gave me hope. So if there's any newcomers here today, I just want to say there is hope in this program and it does work. So what's happened to me since? Oh my God. I mean, the first thing that happened was I lost that extra weight and I got to a healthy weight for myself. Yay. But that was just the tip of the iceberg. As I worked the steps, it really transformed everything around my life, my relationships with my husband and my kids, my relationships to other people, how much I depended on other people for approval started to change. And it keeps on changing. All of these things are things that are like layers of the onion. You know, I kind of address as much as I can on one layer and then it gets stripped away. And after a while, another layer emerges. Oh, great. Okay. I got more work to do. This is a never ending program. Thank goodness. And the steps and the tools keep working. Even though I've been in for a lot of years, they never stop being good enough. I never run out of the good that's in the program. And today, my kids, bless them, they're all grown up and they're all gainfully employed and they all have healthy, stable, romantic relationships. And they actually like getting together with us and they seem happy when we're around. And this blows my mind. Um, I have a healthy relationship with my mom, who's one who's surviving. I have a job now that is a job that I did since I was a stay-at-home mom. I kind of came back to work um, in 2008 and worked my way into the job that I have now, which is really pretty much a dream job. I hope I get to do it the rest of my working life. I still get a stomach churning feeling if I think somebody doesn't like me or disapproves of me. Oh my God, something happened just a few weeks ago at my work where somebody was kind of blaming me for something that wasn't my fault. Oh, the thing is that now I don't go to the food. I sit with my feelings. I notice my stomach is churning. Oh, my heart rate's increasing. Oh, that sounds like stress. What am I stressed about? Oh, probably the thing that this person said when they blamed me. What do I get to do? I stand up from where I'm working and I go make a phone call to my sponsor and I tell her what's going on. And I reaffirm that I don't have to eat over this today. And then I am not a bad person today. Um, my favorite relationship is my relationship with my higher power, who I call God. And it's funny because I've been in a religious tradition all my life, but I never had the kind of relationship I have with God that I have today until I came into this program because you guys taught me what it really means to turn over my will in my life and to really take God's direction in everything and to really stop trying to do my self-will all the time. Because my self-will is like, I, Joan, just want to feel good basically all the time. 
I want to be happy. I want to be comfortable. I don't want to have stress. I don't want to have to do anything I don't want to do. And my God just really gently kind of says, I have something better in mind for you. And you're going to be uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. But guess what? You're safe. You know, I got to say, guys, like, bottom line, sorry, I'm getting choked up. I think that's what I've been looking for all my life is to be safe. But I didn't feel safe when I was little. And you know what? Today I do feel safe no matter what goes on. And I'll tell you, you know, this last 18 months with pandemic and all kinds of other things going on around the world, that would make me feel unsafe if anything does. But today what that feels like is, oh, that's, that's the condition of the world today. And ever since there's been a world and ever since there's been people, the world has had some good stuff and it's had some bad stuff. And what I get to remember is that my God wants me happy, joyous, and free. If I'm not feeling joyous right now, can I do a little work in that area? And I go outside, you know, and I see a hummingbird. Oh, that brings me a little joy. I return a call from a sponsee. That gives me a little joy. I read some reading out of our literature, and that gives me a little joy. And what do you know? Before I know it, the joy is bigger than whatever was bringing me down. And some days I can't get to joy, but I can get to peace. I can get to a little bit of calm and trust and gratitude. Gratitude always works. And gratitude is one feeling I will never eat over. That never sends me to the food. Gratitude helps me be right here, just kind of right size, right where I am. And I remember the reality, which is, you know, God is my employer, as the AA Big Book says. So God's the one who's giving me the work to do. And God is the one who's going to give me what I need. That's pretty much it. In fact, sometimes I kind of do like a little mental exercise to say, well, I could lose my job and I could still be safe. I could lose my marriage. I could still be safe. All the things that I have that I like, I, it's like I could lose all of those things and I have a higher power on my side. Nothing beats that. So that's me. That's, that's where I'm working it. Gary, how am I doing on time? Oh, when, sorry, I can't hear. Yeah. When, oh, well, there we go. Um, I'm really, really happy that I'm still a member of this fellowship. I plan to never leave, God willing. I am grateful for every single person who chose to get up on this Saturday morning and join this meeting because I need you guys. I cannot get better alone. I cannot have a good life on my own without you guys here. So um, I want to really thank Becky for inviting me. Thank you guys for having your meeting. And I look forward to hearing from all of you.